This week, the obvious question is, is there somebody looking out for me? I'm Mike Trevisano, and each week, one of the hosts, Joe Bertalek, Bob Meyer, or myself, asks a question that may seem to have an obvious answer on the surface, but once we get into it, there's much more underneath. This week, is there someone or something looking out for us when we need them? I say it in the intro, I don't believe in guardian angels, or crystals, or old men with white beards in the sky. But when I was really despairing recently, I asked the air for help, and damn it if it doesn't seem to me like somebody answered the call. Was this just coincidence? A story I'm just making up? What if I've noticed this happen a bunch of times in my life? This past week, I was, uh, I was down. Yeah, I get down periodically, just like everybody gets down. But I was I was particularly down. I I was bummed out about a bunch of different stuff. I, I won't bore you with the details, and that's not part of the question anyway. But I, I was feeling really low, and I was outside with our little dog last, you know, let's go out of the night, you know, and I'm standing out there, it's really cold, and and this tiny little voice in the back of my head, my own voice, sort of just said, I could use a little help here. And, and it, you know, that's about as much of a prayer as, as I give, right? Just this, and I don't even know who I'm asking. I'm just like, I could use a little help. I don't know who it's addressed to. And lo and behold, the next day, a whole bunch of stuff happened and I felt much better. Like I would say everything turned around. Some coincidences came. I some folks contacted me that I hadn't heard of for heard from for a while. I reached out uh, to some folks that I hadn't thought to reach out to in a while, and and I found myself on a whole different path that was full of hope and happiness. And and I would say I, I totally pulled out of it. Here's the here's the the thing though. I think that's happened a lot in my in my background where I felt a certain way I asked for a little help and then things got better and every single time before this one I either totally forgot that I had ever asked for help at all or I just it was like ah you know coincidence yeah at the beginning of the week it was uh, it was bad and now was, I'm great you know or I completely forgot at all that I felt badly but this time was different this time I remembered like yeah wow you you asked you asked for help and it got better and not only that I can remember a bunch of times where you asked for help and it got better. At how many freaking times am I going to ask for help and it gets better before I realize somebody's looking out for you, man? Like, you know, given all your, you know, highfalutin science thinking and not believing in, you know, angels and crystals and old men with beards in the sky. I don't believe in that stuff. I was raised Catholic and I don't believe it. I, I'm, I don't go to church and for good reason, right? But again, how many times am I going to ask for help, receive it before I believe, man, somebody's looking out for me. So what the question this week to you guys is, is somebody looking out for me? Is, does someone look out for us? Yeah, and my first my first thought is you say somebody is it somebody or something or you know what is what is going on you know and is it is it you putting yourself in a place where that little voice you're talking about in the back of your head that says hey I could use some help here who do you think you're addressing that to and to me I, I got the best advice years ago from a woman I was working with and she was actually coaching me and 
And she said to me, when you get to that point where you need help like that, ask the universe for the help. Put it out there. You want something to happen? Put it out there. And I said, out there. And she said, you know, a lot of people pray and things like that. She said, but what I'm saying is take away all of that stuff where we argue over what God and who do I pray to and do I pray or do I what? She said, just forget all that and just address it to the universe. Just put it out there. She said, you'll be amazed when you put your intent out that way, how something happens. And she wasn't into all of the, you know, you have to do it this special way or you have to belong to this certain you know, religious group, whatever it was. She wasn't into that. It was more like, just get it out there. And I think there's something about that. I've, I've used it since then. Like you, I've, Mike, I've, I've thought about things like that. And I, you know, at times I think I, I would say I pray like kind of in quotes that way, but not the way I used to. It's a little different now. And I think just letting people know, even you guys, you know, or people that I know what my intent is or what I'd like to have happen or how I'd like the world to be seems to make a difference. So I think there's something out there and you could say someone, but that looks more like us, you know, one of us doing something, but something that that is meant intentionally trying to make things happen the way we'd like them to happen. But we have to make it known and we have to ask for it, you know, in that sense. It may happen anyway, but I think when you're in a place like you were, you know, you're saying last week where you're down and stuff, you kind of just kind of throw your arms up. It's like, man, I need some help. And bingo, next thing you know, it happens. So there's some magic there. That's the interesting thing about asking for help because, you know, I think many of us, you know, have to really hit the pits of despair to ask for help, right? Like I can think of times when I was really low and I needed help. I can't think of too many examples recently, but certainly when I was growing up and I was younger, you know, there were a lot of times where I was like, please, God, you know, help me with this. And, you know, now as I'm older, I'm, I'm probably leaning more towards both of you and that maybe closer to Joe that I kind of say like a, a positive affirmation. I don't necessarily call it a prayer, but I'll throw every party in there, ascended masters, spiritual beings, you know, uh, old, old wise men, you know, whoever's out there, angelic forces, you know, whatever that thing is, I don't know what it is, but I'm putting it out there in the universe and, and, and saying, you know, this is what I, this is what I want. And I do believe in that kind of like energy, like energy thing that, that there's a connection there. If I've got that positive vibe, tell people all the time, it's like if, if, if you know, if you are going to be the person that gripes and bitches about everything that's wrong in the world, I think you're just going to see more things that are wrong in the world. But if you see what's right in the world, you know, maybe more of those things pop into your, into your future. So it's, uh, I was, I think I told you guys, I was recently, uh, stopped into the question booth in, um, in Atlanta and it was a podcast for how stuff works. And, uh, it's funny cause I thought the question outside the booth was, you know, when have you experienced love? And I was like, Oh, I got, I got this one. This is easy. And then I get in there, put the headphones on and they say, when have you felt the most lost? And I was like, what? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. And, uh, it really took me back cause I had to think about it and it was, and I, I, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast before. I think I have, and the real abbreviated version is when I had moved out of my house, when, um, you know, I kind of gave, gave my mom an ultimatum. I said, well, if, you know, you don't kick dad out of the house, you know, and my dad was abusive, verbally, you know, alcoholic. And I was like, if he doesn't leave, I'm leaving. And, you know, my mom wasn't at a point in her life where she could kick him out. And, and I left. I moved out of the house and I moved to into some friends in the projects in Newark. So you know, not the best neighborhood. I wasn't going to school at the time in high school. Um, so my future was very fuzzy. I could, I, I was essentially kind of living on the streets 
uh, with with this family that took me in and had no money. And then I met uh, randomly um, met this group of people and they were out drinking and I ended up on the back of a pickup truck and then there was this short order cook Alex that uh, took me aside and told me everything that was going to happen across the street from me and you know next thing you know there's a fight guy with a baseball bat another guy with a gun Alex tells me to run there's going to be some gunshots and we run into the park and we spent like four hours in the park and he tells me that you know this story that at the time being like 17 16 years old I didn't believe him I, I was naive but at the same time I was street smart and he was telling me well I speak eight different language I, 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 languages I come from Puerto Rico I'm here to help people like you Bob and uh, he knew stuff about my family, which I didn't know because I only knew him as he's a short order cook that works in a in a diner nearby. And, uh, you know, he at the end of the night, he told me, uh, he says, you know, regardless of what's happening with your dad, he says, your your mom's crying. He says, I see your mother crying and I see your, your sister crying and you need to go home. You need to be with them and that you, you need to take care of them. And uh, at the end of the night, I, I ran home like like he had changed me so much that I ran home and, and stayed home. And then, you know, you don't see things as they're happening, but my life evolved at, at that circumstance that I ended up getting a scholarship to uh, engineering school, which I, my parents couldn't afford to put me in school or anything like that. And things changed, you know, and I look at that as a turning point in my life. And this random guy out of nowhere, um, when I tried to find out who he was, all I know is his name was Alex. And he worked at a, a diner, uh, appropriately called Heaven. So that's like the punchline. Like, how could this possibly be that this guy worked at a diner called Heaven? Friends that I had from back then, nobody can find any recollection of this guy or who he is, where he was. But I credit him in changing my life when I was most lost and I needed help. And I don't even remember calling for help. I, I know I did, you know, at that time, but... It, it was nothing short of a miracle, you know, and I'm like, that's never happened to me again in my life. Like, I've never had that kind of experience, but it definitely makes me think like you're thinking, Mike, that there is some some force or something out there. It's almost like that Jimmy Stewart movie, It's a Wonderful Life, that, you know, if I'm about to jump off the bridge, I feel like something's going to happen. Like, somebody's going to be there to save me. Great. And you know what's interesting, too, is I'm listening, Bob, and, and Mike, too, is... And I'm thinking about my own experiences that is the when I've asked for things that are like material, like help me win the lottery. It never works. The things I'm thinking of that, like Mike's experience and your experience are about you in a real sense, about you as opposed to you getting something. It's like it's almost like you're asking to change me. Can you change me? And, you know, that's that seems like a question you'd be asking yourself, you know, like self. Can you change yourself and point back at yourself like what Mike was <clears> saying? You know, he's feeling down. He's not, you know, things are kind of mixed up, mixed up for him. He's, you know, in a bad way. He's not asking for his house to get recited or, you know, his roof to get, you know, reshingled or something like that. He's saying, help me, help me, change me, you know, in that sense. And you too, Bob, in the sense that you're in a, a bad situation and you're really not asking for anything. I mean, it didn't sound like you asked for the engineering degree kind of uh, the scholarship kind of thing more. It came your way mm -hmm. as a result of you changing you and that, and that so i wonder as i'm thinking about it, all the examples i have for myself are like that the ones that i'll say worked you know where i i got to that point where i said oh come on give me a break here where it meant where it didn't mean getting something you know physical or winning something whatever those never worked 
that I can think of. I, I don't think of a time as I ever got anything like that, I'll say for free, you know, in that sense. I had to work for those things. But where I asked to say, hey, I'm just lost or I'm, I'm really in a bad, bad way today. I've got to, it, those work. Those, the universe somehow knows how to do that. And, and I'm thinking as I'm talking about this, I may be a bigger part of it than I think. You know, I may be, it may be me asking for the guidance in the sense to like heal myself. Kind of like the way you're, you make it, you cut your hand, you know, and it does it on its own. Well, it doesn't do it on its own. It, well, it does. I mean, the cells are kind of working, your immune system's kind of kicking in, all that. It's you doing it, but n- not really. I mean, you're not consciously doing anything. It's kind of like that. Like, you know, I'm asking for that moment of consciousness to say, hey, help me out here. And it's kind of going to heal me, you know, help me through the process where maybe I go to college or maybe. I feel better as a result of it. So somehow it seems like an internal thing that I don't want to say it this way because it sounds like I could almost do it myself then. I don't need anybody, but I think it's bigger than that. I think I'm lost. And when I say I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Is it me, me, the, the one you see here on you know on your screen and stuff, or is it me, the spiritual me? I don't know. Maybe I'm getting in touch with something at that point that says, hey, all you need to do is this, you know, kind of simple, make this happen. Yeah. I, I think that I think that sounds right to me, you know, uh, that I that the the tricky part of it all for me is is the way that it comes is so subtle that I could I could, you know, it makes this of the question, you know, to say, oh, well, I mean, that that nothing happened to help you. It just happened. And it looks like help and you, a lot of people ask and they don't get something you know that's i have that story in my head but then again i don't have anybody who's told me that story yeah. <laughs> like i asked and i didn't get anything it was quiet you know it's it's funny that way i think back uh to a time in my life when i was younger you know in my in uh sort of newly married or we just had our son and i think that change of of going from no children to children, you know, can be a real huge challenge for a lot of people. And for me in particular, it was, it was a big challenge, you know, the, the reshaping of who I am inside, you know, it happened in a way that was not something I was prepared for. And I, I struggled in a big way through it. I, you know, I suffered, my wife suffered through it. And there were times where my temper would really start to to come come about in a way that I hadn't had since I was like a fiery little tiny kid. And it's funny when this would happen with without fail with I mean, I I am not lying, you know, that when it would happen, our little dog Stella would show up. She would just and she would just sit and she'd just look at me. Like, you know, she, you know, she'd be sleeping any other time, but not, not even that I'm making noise or that I'm like, you know, slamming stuff around. It wasn't that it was just like when, when, you know, that burn started to take over in my chest, I could look and there she'd be just looking at me. And, and, and to this day, I would credit Stella with, you know, saving my life, saving, you know, our son, my marriage, you know, the whole thing. She just showed up. And, and I don't know why, like, I don't, you know, what, what called her upstairs at that moment, not once or twice, but every effing time, 
you know, she showed up, you know, and, and, uh, and it's funny. I forget about that all the way up until this week, right? When I'm struggling, Stella passed on, you know, last year. Uh, she's, she's not here to look out for me anymore. Right. But, but something, you know, did the same thing, right? It didn't, it wasn't a little dog this time, but it was something. And I can't help but think that there's some sort of, like you say, Joe, you know, bigger universal consciousness, forgive me for sounding too, you know, mumbo jumbo-y, new agey, you know, there's, there's a one life force among all of us. Maybe there's one life force among all of us, <laughs> you know, that's that's like doing something here. I think it's uh, all you, Mike, because, you know, even the Stella thing, it's like if you didn't have the awareness to make that connection, like, hey, I'm feeling down or, or my temper's flaring. I need something to calm me down. You know, Stella could be that sign. But is it more important to recognize who's the person mm. that has the awareness of the sign? That's you. Um there's other people that yeah. might have these same signs in their life, like we can put that person on the podcast, and they might be like, well, I, I didn't see anything. Nothing happened. And then I, I think of this whole the whole paradox of the, do you need to see it to believe it, or do you have to believe first and then you see, you know, which, which one is it, you know? Excellent, excellent point. Yeah, this the whole thing can get very confusing because I think – I think it's you looking at you in a sense, you know, it's like if I could, if I could sit back and watch you guys, I could see a better picture. Like if I saw you, Mike, standing out on the front porch and watched, you know, holding Suki and this kind of thing, you know, and, and asking for help. And the next day things going on, I'd be able to kind of say, oh, I see Mike did this. He did that. He got a good night's sleep. He had a good breakfast. You know, the world mm-hmm. turned around. He thought a little better of himself, you know, and moved on. But the problem is when you're the, the subject and you're kind of looking at yourself, it becomes really hard to understand where that change happens or where, you know, my brother asked me this question once. He, he said, do you sometimes get up in the morning and just feel lousy? I said, yeah. He said, in some mornings you get up and you feel really great. And then there's everything in between. I said, yeah. yeah. He said, why? I said, I have no idea. I said, it could be, you know, the night before I, I had an argument or something or I ate the wrong food or, or I got up and I had a muscle cramp, you know, my neck was cramped. I don't know. I've not pit, spent enough time thinking about what makes that morning, that day, a good day. And so as a result of that conversation, I started watching it. And, and I, I advise my own kids and, and friends and stuff to do this is to, is to pay attention to what makes good days and try to you know, put the pieces together. Why, why do I feel good today? Why didn't I feel good yesterday? What was I doing or who was I with or what did I say or you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm finding out for myself that there are certain things that uh, put me in a good place and certain things that don't. And not everything. I can't, I couldn't describe like how to make it work all the time. But today, for whatever reason, I'm feeling really well, really good. And I suspect it's going to be a good day. Now, I don't know if it's, I suspect it's going to be a good day, then I feel pretty good, or I feel pretty good, it's going to be a good day. I think they're kind of very closely connected. So that, that thought that I have about the good day and what's going to happen and who's going to be there to help me if I need help and all, all that kind of makes the good day. And I think the opposite is true too, that having a good day will make me believe that I'm doing all the right stuff. I'm in a good place. I, I think we, we put, I, I think for me, I put too much emphasis on stuff out there and not enough emphasis on stuff here, like within me mm. and recognize how powerful it is what I'm able to do with myself 
just by a shift of mind or a shift of thought or or being around the right stuff or doing the right thing. We've talked about, you know, meditating and reading and stuff that winter's day, we have quite a few of them here in Pennsylvania. You know, you wake up and it's a beautiful, bright, sunny day, the snow on the ground. And you're really not going to go anywhere. You pick up a good book and you sit and read for an hour. How great that feels when you're not stressed, when you're not having a dozen other things to do. It gets you in a good frame of mind, it gets me in a good frame of mind. You know, other people might not like it as much, but for me, it gets me in the right frame of mind. And I can see the day playing out really well. You know, so it's something to do with that, with with asking for it. But I think in some ways, asking myself to to kind of get into that place, to to do the things necessary to put myself in that space and asking the universe to help me with that, you know, the things around me. Once I got that down, then I'm, I'm in pretty good shape for the day. And things happen. We know this. I and mean, this is, I got to say one more thing. It's so funny because lately I've been bumping into people or people bumping into me. When I'm in this good place, people just walk up and start talking or they they say good morning and they follow it up with a conversation. Or as I told you guys the other day, they sit next to you in, in a place that has a lot of seats, but they sit right next to you and talk about stuff. And I'm thinking, where'd that come from? And that doesn't normally happen. And I think in some ways at that moment, I'm probably, um, I'm say magnetic in a sense, but I'm these people are pulling towards me. I'm pulling them towards me, maybe. I'm giving them the space to do that. You know, yeah, not, that's, not an, that's an interesting point right there is we're tending to think of, you know, who's looking out for us, but how do we even know the impact we have on this magnetic force that connects us to other people that you just happen to have a conversation with? I mean, you know, I, I you know, sometimes when you open yourself up and you make yourself a little bit more vulnerable and share information about your own life, you find out that other people have, you know, sadness, despair, other issues that maybe they're not willing to talk to somebody about, but once you start sharing, and I found that, you know, I share a story, somebody else might share a story, and it's like, I never, I've heard that before, where they say, I've never told anybody this before, but, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day that was talking about how, you know, they had a, you know, particular tattoo, and, you know, I have the breathe in, breathe out tattoo, and there's a story behind that, and I asked this person about their tattoo, and they said, oh, that was my 11-month-old son, I was in a car wreck, and we were T-boned, and, and my son was in the back seat, and, he was killed. I was like, she goes, I've never told anybody that before. Like, I'm sure she's told, you know, family knows that, but it's not something that they share. And it's like, wow, very emotional. Yeah. So here's a question, Bob. Were you there for that person or was that person there for you? Or were you both there for each other? I mean, to me, it's like something happened in that moment mm -hmm. that brought the two of you together. And I'd say you with some intent, you know, knowing who you are and stuff like that, that you would have that conversation and be able to do it. But I wonder if that woman or man or whoever it was left and said, wow, just what I just what I needed at that moment was to be able to tell somebody about that, to have that conversation. Yeah, I think it, I think it went both ways, you know, that it was there for me and the conversation and, and there for her, you know, so definitely. Yeah. So what's that all about? I mean, did you both happen to just say, hey, to the universe, get me together with this guy, you know, and let's talk or, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, it almost seems too difficult to pull that off mm -hmm. and yet it happens i think a lot of the time like mike was saying it's happened to him a lot of a lot of times he asked for it you know the universe to give me a hand here you know help me out and in, in your story too it's like that stuff just happens it's amazing how many i'll say coincidences but i don't really think it's coincidental i think it's it's intentional that people are doing things or saying things or getting in places where they the odds are that'll happen the odds are that thing will happen because you're putting yourself in the right place. Whereas if you've been angry that day or you've been upset over something, you probably never even had the conversation. 
mm-hmm. you wouldn't have been even open to it. And again, it goes back to you, how you you are in the world and whether people can come at you or feel comfortable having that conversation. And people can tell. I mean, I can tell when you know, I need to stay away from somebody when something's going on. I can feel it. I uh, we're we're, all, we're just about the end, so so we should probably start thinking about our last thoughts. And I'll I'll give you mine. And I'll try to keep it brief. But it, this this where I've arrived it reminds me of a story I've probably told it before on the podcast where I went to a master class for guitar playing with Steve Vai, who when I was sixteen was my hero. Right, he played for David Lee Roth and uh, Frank Zappa, and you know, and and he began the the masterclass saying, hey, we could talk about whatever you want. We could talk about scales or playing with those guys or whatever you want to talk about. But what I'd really like to talk about is how I succeeded, how I became here, if you are open to that. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, we want to know, you know, how do you become successful? And he, and he proceeded to, you know, we're expecting, you know, I went to school and I did this and I moved here. And that's not what he said at all. What he said was, I pictured in my mind as clearly as I possibly could exactly what it was that I wanted. And I continued to refine that vision so that I knew exactly what I wanted my my life to look like, crystal clear. And, you know, that I want to play this music, I want to do these things. And and what he said is the the clearer you can picture those things, you will find uh, coincidences will happen. You'll find yourself in a place where you will meet people that you wouldn't have otherwise met just by having that intent. The And, you know, you could see that auditorium. I would go so far as to say 75% of the auditorium just like tuning out. Like, oh, yeah, we knew this guy's kind of wacky this way. You know, but a, but a whole bunch of people, myself included, were like, whoa, wow, I did not expect to come here and and hear this. Now, again, it goes back into he had a very clear vision of what he wanted to do. And he, you know, that probably, you know, all sort of micro cues of where a good place to be. And here's my intent in the universe. But that intent in the universe is going to take him to, you know, want to play with better and better musicians and practice in order to be at that level. So maybe, you know, you can quickly say, well, there's a a science to it that may look like a metaphysical thing, but really there's a science to it. Uh, But it, it dawns on me that it's that same story that, you know, we've all been kind of telling, you know, that there's this, that it's like two parts to it. You know, one of them is sort of this spiritual metaphysical, you know, putting myself out there. And the other one is, yeah. And the way that it happens is kind of very scientific, you know, way, you know, these, these micro behaviors that we do based on what we think this bigger vision is leading us to. And I, and I'm not exactly at the answer to my questions is is someone or something looking out for me, except to say, I'm gonna choose to believe that there is. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do that. And and if if somebody with a very, very strict hardcore science background would want to argue me down on that, that's cool. But I'm gonna continue to choose it because I I it it gets me keeps me it keeps me in a place I want to be. 
I'm going to go next because I know Joe will say something profound that will, you know, the, the, the musical play and it'll be great. So I'm just going to go with my, my standard, you know, this is a great question because, you know, for all we know, we know nothing, right? Like Mike said, there's, there's really no expert that has the answer that says, yeah, here, here it is. This is the person that's standing beside you. That's going to help you when you hit that moment of despair. Um, but I, but I do profess that, yeah, there is somebody looking out for me and it's a combination of things, you know, it's me, it's my family, it's my friends, it's the people I share with, it's that positive energy and putting that out in the universe, it's the fact that we're all connected. And then there's this, it's this whole freaking mystery of life that we just don't understand what's happening and that's, I guess, the beauty, right? Like, that would we really want to live our life on this planet if we knew everything was spelled out, like everything was totally mechanical and scientific that we were just a bunch of robots walking around and everything was predictable. You know, it's not, life's not predictable. And, and that's, I think what can make it fun, you know, make it a ride. And, you know, if you don't have a fear of, oh my gosh, this is happening to me. I look at the things that some people might look at negative in your life, like even my childhood growing up as an opportunity, you know, that, that I learned something from that, that I'm a stronger person. And I think a lot of people, you know, are looking for that person to pick them up in that moment of despair and put them in a better, happy environment and a better scene. And sometimes that's not going to happen. And I think it goes back to what we said earlier. And Mike said that, you know, there's no silver bullet or you can't ask for the lottery numbers tomorrow. And I don't know why that is, you know, it's kind of interesting, right? We, we don't know what this force is or who's looking after us, but we know there's rules, right? There's rules. This works, but that doesn't work. You know, it's pretty cool. But like one short thing I know for me is, and it seems kind of sad, like, and this is kind of weird for me to share, but like when I was younger, you know, the, the lanky, shy kid growing up, like I thought, you know, I was unlovable, that there was nobody out there for me. I could never meet anybody. You know, I had a lot of other guy friends that were in serious relationships and dating people. And I'm like, what, why are they doing this? Why can't I have that? And, you know, sure I dated girls, but they really, you know, it didn't blossom into anything or I didn't feel love. Right. And then I know I've told this story before, like when I, when I met Christy, I I think it was like nothing short of a miracle. You know, like I wasn't looking to meet her, but I was also feeling, you know, in that, you know, that at that point I was feeling like, you know, something's going to happen. And then just a miracle. I just randomly run into her in a mall trying to spray me with cologne. And the next thing I know, we're, we're, we're dating that night and we're married and living in a house together six months later. And it's like, whoa, how did that happen? Somebody was looking out for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I know your story, Bob. I've heard that one before from you directly. And, you know, I just have to say I'm on the spot now for something profound, which I, I think I think it's no pressure. You know? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you guys realize it. Sometimes you say stuff. I'm here on the other end going like, whoa, you know, it's like I'd use that word profound as well towards you. So I, I was thinking about this story from years ago and I was in class and this woman was asked by the professor at the time to describe something she enjoyed. And she said, She's from California. She said, I've got this beautiful garden and I raise different flowers and fruit and stuff like that. She said, and I, I get up in the morning, I get out in the early sun when the ground is still a little bit cold and moist and I get my hands in the dirt. And she started telling a story. And it was one of those where you you kind of get hooked. You know, you're listening, you think, ah, oh, you get the picture in your head of what that's like, you know, California Valley, beautiful dark soil, flowers and fruit and stuff, you know, vegetables growing. And she's there with the hat. You know, the sun's coming up. You almost can hear the music playing in the background. She's getting her hands in the dirt. 
And you know, she went on for about 10 minutes talking about it. And she just sat back with this like sigh, like, you know, almost like she was there. And the professor said to the class, tell me, who's nurturing who? Because coming into this, I thought she was nurturing the garden. What do you guys think? And to a person, I mean, people started talking about, oh, no, no, it's the it's the earth that's nurturing her. It's the soil that's nurturing her. It's the plants. It's, and something that was very simple at that moment in my mind shifted to the thought that the earth is taking care of her versus her taking care of the earth. And I think it's a, it's kind of a, uh, what's that called? Symbiotic or got the right word there where you connect, you know, and, and you're doing something, yeah. the other person's doing something for you, that kind of thing. It's kind of like that. But I think if I really think about that story, she was getting back in her description much more than she was putting into. So in a sense, without the verbal you know, connection to say, hey, help me here, make me feel good, make my day be great. She was sticking her hands in the dirt and getting that moment of total enjoyment, total uh, bliss, you know, from the earth, from dirt, from ground, from, from leaves, from, you know, that kind of thing. I remember coming out of the class that day thinking, wow. So I often think I'm taking care of stuff, but like your story, Mike, about you know, dog, your dog is who's taking care of who? And is that one of those simple things where you look at it and you say, I got into this and I, I did these things and I helped this way and, and I don't always see it as happening the opposite way, that it's taking care of me as well. But I think it's kind of that silent, hey, help me out here. Same thing we've been talking about.